Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Of our broadcast, and there are a lot of people who seemingly speak without any brain power, especially on this subject of fascism. I started sharing a piece with you by Mike Miller, raising the question who is the fascist? Veteran journalist Britt Hume on Monday highlighted a Wall Street Journal op-ed titled Biden's Speech Headed All Backward, in which America essayist and writer Lance Morrow convincingly argued Biden's Democrats seek a one-party state, while Trump followers want freedom from government power. Hume being Hume, he perfectly used Biden's own words from his Darth Brandon speech to highlight Morrow's opinion piece. Mr. Trump and his followers, believe it or not, are essentially anti-fascists. They want the state to stand aside to impose the least possible interference and allow market forces and entrepreneurial energies to work. As Marl correctly stated, Joe got it all backward. Setting aside Biden's steadily declining state of mental acuity, he proved in a single statement... What Republicans have long understood about Democrats, the left views government control, the more the better, over Americans in their lives as the magic elixir for all that ails us. Oh my goodness. Isn't this what they always tell us? You give us more power, and we'll take care of you. Entrepreneurialism, free markets, those are the evil roots of America's problems, right? Those dangerous rich people. Morrow's take, somewhat surprising, giving most of his writing, has been for Time magazine, was clear from his opening sentence. The Democrats have the fascist business wrong. Donald Trump isn't a fascist or even a semi-fascist. In President Biden's term, Mr. Trump is an opportunist. He then turned up the heat. If there are fascists in America these days, they're apt to be found among the tribes of the left. They are Mr. Biden and his people, including the lion's share of the media, whose opinions have since January 6, 2021, hardened into absolute faith that any party or political belief system except their own is illegitimate, impermissible, inhuman, monstrous, and a nice touch, a threat to democracy. The evolution of their overprivileged emotions, their sentimentality gone fanatic, has led them in 2022 to embrace Mussolini's formula all within the state nothing outside the state nothing against the state or against the party wow I need to remember that phrase 
Folks, this is worth the price of admission, don't you think? This is Mussolini. This is what real fascism is, people. So in other words, this old coot, Mr. Magoo, Joe Biden, is telling you, you're a fascist. Listen to Mussolini's formula. All within the state, nothing outside the state, nothing against the state. Who is preaching that message? It's all about government. All about government. The state and the Democrat Party must speak and act as one. Suppressing all dissent, America must conform to the orthodoxy, to the Chinese finger traps of diversity or else, and open borders. And rejoice in mandatory drag shows and all such theater of gender. Meanwhile, their man in the White House invokes emergency powers to forgive student debt. And their thinkers wonder whether the Constitution, the separation of powers, are all they're cracked up to be. Outstanding writing, making an outstanding case. So if Trump and MAGA aren't fascists, what are they? Let's go tomorrow for the surprising answer. Again, this is a Time magazine writer who's being cited in this. Mr. Trump and his followers, believe it or not, are essentially anti-fascists. They want the state to stand aside to impose the least possible interference, allow market forces and entrepreneurial energies to work. Freedom isn't fascism. Mr. Biden and his vast tribe are essentially enemies of freedom, although most of them haven't thought the matter through. They haven't. Freedom, the essential American value, isn't on their minds. They desire maximum, that is, total state or party control of all aspects of American life, including what people say and what people think. Seventy-four years after George Orwell wrote 1984, such control by way of surveillance cameras, social media companies, and the IRS, now to be shockingly augmented by 87,000 new IRS employees, is entirely feasible. The left yearns for power and authoritarian order. Freedom is forfeit. Morrow, of course, was correct. The fascistic behavior of Biden and the Democrats should surprise no one. The Democrat Party fancies itself as the party of inclusion and tolerance, while in reality, Democrats are exclusive of anyone and everything that exists outside of their narratives and intolerant of those who disapprove of their narratives. Don't we see this all the time, ladies and gentlemen? One need look no further than the left's racist treatment of Clarence Thomas, Tim Scott, or any other black conservative for proof. Or the same party that claims to be the party of children, voted overwhelmingly in June in support of on-demand abortion until birth. They're also the party of women, yet they make silly claims about not being able to define a woman because they aren't biologists, while supporting genetic males kicking the hell out of genetic females in women's sports. The list is long. It's disgusting. And it's hypocritical as hell. So, hey, when Joe Biden and the Democrats call Donald Trump and MAGA semi-fascists, takes one to know one, Joe. 
or in this case, Biden projecting on his enemies his own political objectives. This is a great piece by Mike Miller in Red State, in case you want to find this. Post this on your page and share it. It's a thoughtful piece. Very thoughtful. I really love the part about Mussolini. Oh my goodness, that's scary. Because this is what we have in the Democrat Party now, folks. All within the state. Nothing outside the state. Nothing against the state. This is creepy. Absolutely creepy. Any of this surprise you? And again, if you disagree, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Your contrary perspective. As we continue the broadcast, we have Transformation Tuesday. You know, as jacked up as the world is, we have to keep in mind where the uh, (laughs) problems actually began. We had disintegration in the church first. I'm going to give you a very big example of this as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Over on the text line, Sleepy Joe is actually an enema of the state. LC, you should be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) The reason the Democrats are doing as well as they are as being reelected is because they at least do something, whether it's good or bad. All the Republicans are doing is saying that whatever Democrats do is bad or evil, offering nothing as a solution. When will the true Democrats kick the Marxists, the Socialists, and the Progressives out of their party? You want the answer to that question? The answer is never. Because that's what the Democrat Party is now. Marxists, Socialists, and Progressives. That's it. And the people who are not in that category are in the minority. Now, I'm not talking about rank-and-file people. I'm talking about the people who control the party. 
That party is totally given over to Marxism. That's what it is now. Vince Dems will always accuse their enemies of being exactly what they in fact are themselves because they have no, no other experience. Short-sighted, small-minded, and insecure. Zalan out of Gastonia. <laughs> Don't ever believe or trust this statement. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah, that's when you run. <laughs> that is when you run. Vince, don't worry. As long as there is a democracy, there can't be fascism. Mutually exclusive. Well, I would question this. Because sometimes fascism is elected. Just keep that in mind. That is the danger here. Let's talk about what's going on in the church world. And then we'll have a little fun as a, uh, a very incompetent leftist mayor takes aim at a governor in another state, attacks his patriotism and his faith. You're absolutely going to love this one. Before we get there, speaking of faith, and, and I wish I could tell you this story surprises me, but tragically, it does not surprise me because it really underscores the disintegration of the church in America and the Western world in general. Are you ready for this? Well, before I go into this, for those of you who may not be familiar, in classical Christianity, it's based on the idea of the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Because of his death on the cross, he has paid the way for salvation, for restoration of relationship with the Father, with God. This is something that is done entirely by him. It's entirely his work. You know, people talk all the time, well, I'm a good person. That's not the point. You may think you're a good person. But there's only one, one evidence of righteousness that the Father recognizes, and that is his own. He's the only one who's righteous. So I stand here, when I talk behind this microphone and I share anything of any spiritual content, I'm not speaking by my own authority and by own, my own righteousness. I'm speaking based on his. I am a flawed human being, subject to make mistakes, subject to sin. But I stand here in good relationship with God because of what Jesus did, not because of what I did. So this story is quite disturbing from the Christian Post. Over a third of, and this phrase drives me up the wall, senior pastors believe good people can earn their way to heaven. <laughs> I will not tell you the thought that was just in my head. When I first saw this, this is crazy. At least a third of senior pastors in the U.S. believe one can earn a place in heaven by simply being a good person. 
The findings among several surprising responses, part of a survey conducted earlier this year by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. The American Worldview Inventory 2022 examined more than three dozen beliefs held by pastors. Researchers found that in addition to believing people can merit salvation based solely on their good works, one-third or more of senior pastors surveyed also believe the Holy Spirit is not a person, but rather a symbol of God's power. Oh my gosh. Others said moral truth is subjective. Sexual relations between two unmarried people who love each other is morally acceptable. Biblical teaching on abortion is ambiguous. At least a third of those surveyed also said they believe socialism is preferable to capitalism and that allowing property ownership facilitates economic injustice. <laughs> Which researchers say could point to the increase of cultural and political influence into the church. Do you think? <laughs> Earlier this year, and I think we talked about this, 37% of Christian pastors have a biblical worldview. 37%. Now this particular report covers all major U.S. denominations found that a loss of biblical belief is prevalent among pastors in all groupings. Remember I tell you, politics corrupts everything? It's affected the church, too. I mean, I have, a, I have a dear friend, love her to death. She is deeply entrenched in this woke ideology. I mean, she's bought into Black Lives Matter hook, line, and sinker. And, and I grieve when I see her post because um, she has since moved away, by the way. She used to live in Charlotte, now lives in another city. But my heart is, I'd love to sit her down and just say, listen, these posts that you're putting up, they're simply not true. And some of the things that you're saying that are, I mean, there was one the other day that she posted about uh, the bravery of children in Selma and other places. You know, if they can go through what they went through. You can learn about something about them in a book. Nobody's trying to not teach history. Remember I tell you all the time about false binary choices? See, it's not a choice between learning about history and not learning about history. It's a choice between learning about history and being propagandized and being taught to believe what amounts to a very hateful narrative. Very different things altogether. Anyway, didn't mean to go down that rabbit trail. But you get the idea. Uh, a sampling of some other things. Among evangelical pastors, 43% said they do not believe the personal accumulation of wealth is provided by God and the individual to manage those resources for godly purposes. Huh? 39% of evangelical pastors, no absolute moral truth. Each individual must determine their own truth. Well, what do we need you for? I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Stay with us, folks.
over on the text line, response to our previous segments. Vince, here's what the Bible says, in fact. In fact, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. What Bible are these preachers reading? <laughs> Very good question. You know, I had someone tell me a good part of their time in seminary was not even studying Scripture. It was other stuff, which doesn't surprise me. Vince, I absolutely cringe when I hear so-called Christians say Jesus was a socialist. Let's help some of these people out, shall we? A socialist takes your money via government means and gives them to somebody. Jesus said for us to do the giving and not the government. He did not institute government. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Here's another little nugget if you're interested. Jesus warned of false teaching in Scripture. I believe he mentioned that would be one of the signs of his coming. Unfortunately, a lot of it out there. And I want to say this quickly because I want to get to these pieces of audio which are just stunning. On one level, they're stunning. On another level, it's you know not surprising because we know what these people believe. Let me give you a quick definition. You know, somebody who's patriotic in the United States of America supports the Constitution of the United States, would support enforcing our border, protecting Americans. That's what I believe. And someone who is compassionate and caring and driven by faith does these things out of their own pockets, not out of government coffers. Government actions are not, are not, I repeat, are not <laughs> demonstrations of faith. Now, faithful people can do things that are good. But I want to make this very clear. Using powers of government are not evidences necessarily of your faith. So this takes us to a little spat that has developed. As you know, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, has been busing people outside of his state, those illegal immigrants who are brought into the country. They are being bused to liberal bastions, New York City, Chicago. And this is something that Lori Lightfoot really resents. So she made a couple of comments taking aim at Governor Greg Abbott. The first thing she takes aim at, and this is, uh, this is textbook self-righteousness. See, uh, let me give you a freebie here. Christianity is about demonstrating the righteousness of God. I do what I do, good deeds and whatever, for God's glory. They are demonstration of, demonstrations of God's righteousness pouring out from me. They're not about me being a good person and me supposedly being righteous and wonderful. Hey, look at me. I want to showcase Jesus, not me. Self-righteousness is about showing yourself off and how good you are, especially in comparison to other people. So with this in mind, listen to Miss Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, as first she takes aim at Greg Abbott's patriotism. Listen up. 
Well, I don't think this is what we stand for. I think it's decidedly unpatriotic and un-American. Um, I understand the pressures uh, that the people of Texas and some of the other border states are under. We see that on a daily basis. But the thing to do is not this. This is creating a human crisis and treating people without dignity, without respect. It's not what we are as Americans. And it's, frankly, another demonstration of unpatriotic um, conduct on the part of the governor of Texas. We can and must do better as Americans. The rest of the world is watching us and how we're treating these people who are coming to our country because they're fleeing violence, they're fleeing a lack of economic opportunity, they were fleeing other kinds of persecution. This is what our country has been about. We open up our arms and we welcome those who have um, struggled to find a decent quality of life elsewhere. And the way that we welcome them is not what the governor of Texas is doing. Notice the contrast? See, we're righteous here in Chicago. We're not doing what they're doing. And it goes yet further. It wasn't enough for her to take aim at his patriotism, as in Greg Abbott. She also targets his faith. Listen up. It is absolutely un-American, and I urge him. He professes to be a Christian. This is not the Christianity and the teachings of the Bible that I know. And I think religious leaders all across the country are standing up and denouncing exactly this. But what we must do in this moment is make sure that we do live our values and we open up every opportunity that we can to support these migrants who have had such an arduous journey getting here to Chicago. Here is a land where we believe in justice for all, and we're always going to welcome them and do everything we can to support them. We have people coming as families, young children, with their first taste of democracy and freedom in many instances, and we need to make sure that the memory that they have of Chicago and the United States is one of, of favorable, where regardless of what their life's journey takes them on, I want them to feel like in this moment that they came to this city and we wrapped our arms around them and loved them and supported them. Praise be to Chicago. All glory, honor, and power to you. Just putting it out there. By the way, I was in Kentucky to visit my mom on Sunday, and I took a lift ride. I don't know if it was going over there or coming back. Had a driver who was from Africa. I love this guy. He immigrated from an African country. Just so glad to be here. You know how he got here? It was a lottery. A lottery. Because only a certain number of people can come here from that country. And you got these people crossing our border illegally. They don't know how privileged they are. A lottery, ladies and gentlemen. Just think about that. Stay with us. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday. have to keep reminding myself, and I'm sure you're having to do the same thing. I, I was really disoriented this, I mean, it was yesterday. It felt like a Saturday. Did it feel that way to you? It felt like a Saturday. And 
Here we are. It's now Tuesday. Let's take a look at the day in history. How you doing today, Chris? Do you know what day it is? It's uh, Tuesday. Okay. Just making sure. We have a total Was that uh, the first question? <laughs> it should be. Seven questions here on this look of the day in history. 1522, this guy completed the first circumnavigation of the globe. And uh, he, by the way, his name is on a famous GPS device now. What it was it Vasco da Gama? Oh, no. Vasco da Gama was a navigator, though, wasn't he? This one's Magellan. Okay. Magellan. 1522 is the year. Fifth, 1915. Over 400 years later. Uh, this little device, Little Willie, it traveled two miles an hour, got stuck in trenches, but it changed the war. The Brits produced this. Pretty amazing, isn't it? What is it called now? What is this a precursor to? I'm going to have to let you tell me. Well, this is kind of like, I guess this is kind of like our, our tanks. Uh, Little Willie was the name of this thing, and it's the prototype of the British Mark I tank. Uh, very instrumental in their war effort. So it's kind of interesting to see the primitive things that were developed many years ago. 1953, the last American prisoner swap with this particular country. This was the first of our unfortunate military engagements after World War II. Which one was this? Who did we do the prisoner swap with? Was it Korea? Yes, North Korea. Operation Big Switch was the name of it. 1972, boy, this was ugly. This really uh, cast a deep shadow on the Olympic Games. The country all of these hostages were taken from what country was it? Black September terror group. Uh, they were killed, all of them killed in a shootout. All of the terrorists. It was Israel, wasn't it? It was Israel. Yeah, very unfortunate there. The hostages were uh, wiped out, unfortunately. 1975. We have this historic event. And tennis would never be the same. This young 18-year-old woman defected to the U.S. from Czechoslovakia to get away from communism. It certainly did wonders for her career in 1975. Who was this young lady? Her first name was Martina. I'm going to let you say the last name. You're right. And I'll give this one to you. Navratilova. Navratilova. Yeah. What a wonderful story, too. Another wonderful story of escape from communism and going into freedom and just being a very talented athlete all the way around. 1995, this baseball player set a Major League Baseball record that will absolutely never, ever, ever, ever be broken. 2,131 consecutive game appearances. You know who this guy was in was 1995? Cal Ripken Jr. It was Cal Ripken Jr. who did that. Major League Baseball record. I mean, can you imagine setting out today to try to break this record? Well, some people well, just show up for work, you know? I know. Some people you can just count on. 
you imagine, you think about it, what is it, 100 and how many games are there in the baseball season? I mean, you're talking over 20 seasons of never missing a game. That's just unheard of. 1997, you may have been among 2.5 billion people on the planet who watched this tragic funeral. Who was it for in 1997? Lady Di. Lady Di. That was her funeral. 2.5 billion people watching that very solemn event. Before we leave you today, as we talk about athletes, it's not just the athletes who face injuries on the field. This story is a little bit on the silly side, I have to admit. The Baltimore Ravens are making a feathered addition to their injured reserve list. In a video they posted on Twitter, Coach John Harborough announced that Poe, the team's bird mascot, was going on injured reserve. Poor Poe. Carted off the field at halftime of the Ravens' preseason game against Washington. Poe was joined by other mascots for a halftime game before getting injured. The Ravens actually tweeted a picture of the mascot with ice on his left eye, saying he was resting comfortably in his perch, awaiting further test results. <laughs> this is so silly. In his video, Harbaugh said that Poe had a season-ending injury to his drumstick. <laughs> And the team would find a replacement. We're going to get right into evaluating our options and see where we go next. See if we can find somebody to replace Poe. So, for those of you who may be losing sleep, um, hopefully there will be a replacement for Poe very soon. And uh, and hopefully, Poe will recover from this drumstick injury. <laughs> My goodness. Have to wonder sometimes. Thanks a lot for joining us on the broadcast today. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Take care. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 